something that came up when we were worshiping, and I, and I, and I just wanted, to, I asked Dean to throw this up last minute on the screen. Something I was meditating on this week and just reminded of is, do you remember Philip the evangelist in the story where he's in this huge revival? He went down to the Samaritans after the church got persecuted and they got scattered. Philip went down to Samaria and preached the gospel. And he's in the middle of a giant move of God here. And the Spirit says to him, I want you to leave. I want you to head down this road and I'll tell you what to do. <clears throat> and so he, he obeys. He goes down this road and in Acts chapter 8, I think we've got these passages on the screen, we get the first introduction to the first person of the Holy Spirit talking to people. Before this, we have the Spirit of God resting on people. We have the Lord said, we have the Word of God. But here, we get introduced to the Holy Spirit, not as a force or something ethereal or a thought. He's a person. Yes, the Holy Spirit is a person. And we get introduced in Acts 8.29 to the Holy Spirit speaking to Philip and telling him what to do. And he says this, the Spirit told Philip, go to that chariot and stay near it. And you remember what happens. Philip goes up to the chariot, who's in it, but an Ethiopian eunuch who's coming back from worshiping. And he's reading the scroll of, anybody remember? Brownie points, Isaiah. Anybody remember double points? Isaiah 53 is what he's reading. Isaiah 53, the suffering servant passage. I mean, you talk about an amazing setup here. Philip, do you understand what you're reading? How can I understand unless somebody explains it to me? Well, let me hop in your cart and explain it to you. They come up to water. He gets baptized and Ethiopia gets changed. Philip, cool story. What happens after the man comes up out of the water? Poof. And he appears in a city 20 some miles away. It's just an amazing story. Philip leaves this gigantic move of God with all of these people and he makes a really dumb decision according to the wisdom of man. Philip's ministry effectiveness would have been better where the revival was. Yes, according to the mind of the thought of man, Holy Spirit says no. Because what he's saying here is, I'm not going to build my kingdom through wisdom of man and doing what seems fruitful and seems right. I'm gonna build my spirit, I'm gonna build my kingdom by speaking and telling you where to go and what to do. I just need you to obey me, the Holy Spirit says. Now, how can we obey something that's not written down? I don't have a scripture in the Old Testament that says, Philip, go stand by that chariot. I don't have that. What do I have? I have the third person of the Trinity, yes, the Holy Spirit who speaks, and because I'm a sheep, I can do what? Hear his voice. I need you to obey me, Philip. Go walk down this road. Go stand by that chariot. Go, now I'm gonna move you and just, you just do what I say. It doesn't matter if it's one person we're ministering to or tens of thousands of people we're ministering to, just obedience. That's all that matters. Because God is the general and he says, I just need you troops to go where I tell you to go. So we're introduced here. And as I was studying this, I'm like, what other times do we have the Spirit speaking? And the Bible's so cool. It's seven times. We're introduced to the first person of the Holy Spirit speaking and telling and prompting and warning people seven times between here and the book of Acts. Can I take you through them real quick just to show you? So I'm not lying. We'll just be good Bereans and check that out. Verse 29 of chapter eight, the Spirit told Philip, go to that chariot and stay near it. And then you go to chapter 10, verse 19. Peter 
was thinking about the vision he just had on the roof with the sheep being let down. And the spirit said to him, Simon, what? Whoa, what? The spirit said to him, Simon, three men are looking for you. So get up and go downstairs. Don't hesitate to go with him for I've sent them. Did he hear that audibly? I don't know. We don't get that. All we know is the spirit spoke and he heard. Second time here. Okay, and then if you go to chapter 13, verse two. The church in Antioch, there were prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Menean who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch and Saul. While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. So you first have, you first have this story where, where you have Philip hearing, then you have Peter hearing. Now you've got a group of people. He's speaking now to a group of them. Set apart me for Barnabas and Saul for the work that I've chosen. And then go to your right to chapter 16. I think, am I still on track, Dina? Chapter 16. Paul and his companions, verse 6, traveled throughout the region of Phrygia and Galatia, having been kept by the Holy Spirit from preaching the word in Asia. Then verse 7, they came to the border of Mysia and they tried to enter Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus would not allow them to. They had a check. He didn't actually give them a, an English word, but he gave them a check. They had a pause. Oh, I can't do that because I'm sensitive to the voice of the Holy Spirit and the prompting of the Spirit. So I got to move where he's moving. Help me finish this. Those who are led of the Spirit of God are... What? Those who are led of the Spirit of God are the sons of God. Meaning to walk in sonship, I have to learn how to be sensitive to his still small voice, right? I'm walking in slavery most of the time when I don't know what the Spirit's saying. I feel far from God. Anybody ever felt that way? I don't know if I'm, I'm not really near, I'm not close, but sons are close because they stay in step with the Spirit. Everybody can learn this. This is our inheritance. This is a delightful inheritance to us. Okay, chapter 16, and then we go to chapter 20. A couple more here. 20, verse 23, right? Yes, 2023. And now compelled by the Spirit, Paul says, I'm going to Jerusalem, not knowing what will happen to me there. I only know that in every city, the Holy Spirit warns me that prison and hardships are facing me. What is that? I thought the Holy Spirit only spoke words of encouragement, building up positive, fluffy words. No, the Holy Spirit's saying, you're gonna go to prison. You're gonna get hurt. You're gonna suffer for my name. And Paul says, I know it. Yes, bring it on. This is good. That's a word from the Lord to him. The Holy Spirit speaking to him. And then chapter 21, verse four, we sought out the disciples there, Luke is writing, and stayed with them seven days. And through the Spirit, they urged Paul not to go to Jerusalem. The Holy Spirit's saying, you're gonna die. Paul's like, yeah, I, I got that word from the Spirit. You interpreted it wrongly though. Because sometimes we hear from the Holy Spirit, he speaks to us, but we get the total wrong analysis on what he said. Paul heard the Holy Spirit say, you're gonna go to Jerusalem and die. Paul said, yes, that's the word of the Lord to me. They heard the Holy Spirit and say, Paul's gonna die in Jerusalem. This is a warning, stop, don't go. And Paul's like, no, no, you're misinterpreting. You got the revelation right, but you got the application wrong. It's a great example for us. And lastly, number seven, verse, uh, verse 11 of chapter 21. Coming over to us, Agabus took Paul's belt, tied his own hands and feet with it. And he says, the Holy Spirit says, in this way, the Jewish leaders in Jerusalem will bind the owner of 
this belt and will hand him over to the Gentiles. Seven times, and this is the end of it here, seven times we get introduced to the first person of the Holy Spirit. When's the last time you heard the Holy Spirit whisper to you? When's the last time you felt a real check from the Holy Spirit? You're just like, oh, the Spirit's not allowing me to do this. I have no peace. I got to back up on this. When's the last time you got a little bit of a warning from the Holy Spirit in love? When's the last time you got a word from the Holy Spirit and totally blew it and misinterpreted it the wrong way? Done that a lot. Actually, Agabus gets this word wrong, just a a technical note. He actually misinterprets what happens. It's actually the opposite. Um, But that's a different story for a different day. But the Holy Spirit's speaking. And so as we're sitting there in worship, as we're just praising the Lord, I'm like, the Holy Spirit wants us just to listen to what he has to say.